Welcome along to Crunching Gears, Season 1, Episode 10. In this episode, Robbie McGurk and myself, Kevin Glendonning, talk about Robbie is a preparation expert who has built some fantastic cars over the years. He also tells us about his time when he worked in Sydney Week Motorsport, his time in ProDrive, and much, much more besides. I hope you enjoy it. What could you do in a works car with works back up your leg front? Sure. Take it handy and win every rally around. <laughs> <laughs> stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away i remember when we pulled on our helmets and donald says to me what are we doing i said we're going for gold bar welcome along to crunching gears in this episode we're joined by the one and only robbie mcgurk robbie would be a very familiar name to many in his car preparation business but also like his time behind the wheel and also his time in the co-driver's seat, which we'll delve into as the, as the episode progresses. Welcome along, Robbie. Good man, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Delighted. So, as I was saying, Rob, I was saying earlier, you're, you're, you're really scooping the bottom of the barrel now. Not at all, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so, Robbie, how did you get involved in the first place into motorsport? Kevin, um, I got involved, I suppose, like... All the other young fellas, uh, it was just, I was just fascinated by rally cars and the noise. And I suppose you could, you could put it down to a, an Italian carburetor designer called Eduardo Weber. <laughs> uh, still today, you know, guys, they hear the sound. That yes. sound. I don't know. Maybe that sounds a bit anarchy, but that, that's basically mm-hmm. what. Got got me uh, hooked or got me uh, involved. Um, just I suppose went went along to the local events and I can remember years and years and years ago, myself and my cousins out on a Friday night uh, watching the navigation rallies, uh-huh. um, Cooper S's and the twin cams and the stuff and the noise and the spotlights up under the sky and it was a fantastic experience. Uh-huh. Um, I suppose. We got uh, sort of hooked from there, and I remember one of my earliest memories, <coughs> excuse me, being at a rally was uh, the Don Oman rally, which was uh, Don Gannon, Oma, and Enniskill Motor Club. They, oh, yes, they, and they had a, a, a they organised an event. It was called the Don Oman, and I remember there was a, a service halt at Knocknamo Castle in Oma. I don't know, maybe it wasn't a service hall, it was a breakfast hall or something. And I can remember being there and, and someone handing me a, a bunch of programs to sell. Yes. Now, if I remember correct, that was 1972. And I was probably 14 or 15 around then. So yes. 
I don't remember how many programs I sold, but that was, you know, there, getting there. I, I didn't see any of the rally. I seen the rally cars, you know, in, in the, the car park and, mm-hmm. you know, fascinated them. That's, you know, my earliest memories really of it. And uh, I suppose from then on, we just got involved in the local club, the Oma Motor Club, I suppose, and went marshalling and, and just sort of tried to get involved in whatever way you could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that at that time then they, 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 they organized navigation classes in the tech and Oma, and we would have went to that. Um, we'd done a few nights, you know, learning how to plot and, and read maps and things, and then we would have went out on maybe a Wednesday night and done a, a 12 car rally. And, you know, this, this might as well be the circuit of Ireland to us, you know, going to do a rally uh, and taking part and getting to the end of it was a, a major achievement. But, mm-hmm. you know, that is how I got involved in it. And, and uh, you would have been, you would have sat with anybody or you would have went to navigation rallies with anybody. And I think the first memory of, of a navigation rally was a guy from Oma here, he's, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, Nigel Allen and myself, we went to uh, Cookstown Motor Club uh, navigation rally on a Friday night. Um, we were in a 8500 or something, <laughs> one, two, six or something like that, yeah. with a map light and a roamer and a, a potty and a big sponge on the map, and a class to be, and we got well and truly lost. I have to say. <laughs> um, in fact, I think we had to ask our way home or ask her to get back from out of the mountains. But that, that's basically how I got involved in the, and uh, you know, I suppose the the talk about the drug, yes. the drug, but uh, uh, well, the rest uh, just followed on, and, and mm-hmm. I suppose then. Um, and back in those days, I would have sat with anybody or tried to yes. get a seat with anybody, get into that environment and get mm-hmm. experience, you know. So, and then uh, as things progressed, I would have been mechanic in a local garage here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, back then, although at, the, at that time they were never, they were no longer living in Oma, but the McCartneys, Ronnie and Desi, they they are originally from Oma, and mm-hmm. they were up in Larne and. I don't really know how it came about. I got involved with Ronnie going to rallies, working with them on, on the cars, and you know, well, with anybody, just anybody. Was yeah. mm-hmm. And you know, it was always, uh, it was just uh, an experience. And, and I mean, I sat in the back of old cars and started going to Killarney for and it took maybe 12 hours. <laughs> and if you're long, long with Ronnie, it maybe took. It could have took 24 hours <laughs> trying to buy and sell cars and stuff. But it was all a good experience. And uh, you just you can't get experience unless you go and do things like that. You know, yes. as, mm-hmm. as a, a well-known gentleman from ProDrive, Paul Howell, used to always say, uh, it's not chocolate. Yeah. We could never figure out for a long time what he meant. You know, what's that boy raving on about? It's not chocolate. Mm-hmm. I asked him one day, I said, what's not chocolate? He says, experience. You can't buy it. Right. You, know, you, have, to, you have to go and... and, and, and put in the hours. Mm-hmm. Put in the hours and, and go and do all that. I mean, mm-hmm. that was all voluntary then. You got, yes. your, you got your bed and breakfast and that was it, really. Um, mm-hmm. 
But it's probably fun and I'll probably do it all again. Yeah, and like with Ronnie and Desi McCarthy too, you'd have been you know, you've been on working on some very good cars too. They always you know, they always had X works, you know, the Mark Two, Chevette's, one thing or another too, hadn't they as well? So. Oh, absolutely. I mean there's good cars and, and you know, to be to be perfectly honest about it, the first time I seen me going to rallies with Ronnie and he would have probably had a different car at every event. Yes. Um, this week we're on a Chevette, the next week we're on an Estona, and I had never seen a Chevette or an Estona. Uh-huh. But, you know, as you find out down through the years, they're all nuts and bolts, and if you have somebody with you that has a half a notion, you can get stuck in beside them and <laughs> go ahead. You know, yeah. it's all very self-explanatory. <laughs> and, uh, back, at, back in those days, I mean, you hadn't got the same, you hadn't got the same sort of technology and stuff that you have these days and you know you're always changing an odd gearbox and axles and yes like that it's not just as bad today now no it's not a laptop you need it then it was brute force wasn't it more times than it a bit of a toolbox and, and away you went and you soon learned the, the the tools that you needed and the tools that you could leave at home mm-hmm. but it was all uh it was all a good learning experience and and um uh, as you say, they had loads of different cars from sunbeams to Chevettes and mm-hmm. then Desi, uh, Desi one time, the circuit of Ireland, Desi, uh, an old B7 Lancia. Oh yeah, that's it right, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it was basically a, a road car uh-huh. and, and uh, they, Desi got that car and spent a lot of time getting spare panels and stuff made for it because they're all fiberglass and stuff and mm-hmm. circuit of Ireland that year. Both of them done the rally. Ronnie was in the Chevette and, and Desi was in that. And, you know, uh, I think Desi finished the rally. I'm not sure if Ronnie finished it or not. I think he probably did. Uh-huh. But there's been so many events, Kevin. It's hard to it's hard to remember them all and yeah. hard to remember the results, you know. Um, I can remember they making the big thing at the time that year too. Lancia came over with Pinty or I think, in the, like a works car. And Desi lasted longer than the Volkscar, didn't it? Yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, I think Candy uh, was probably leading the rally at one stage, mm-hmm. but then I, I don't remember what happened. He retired, but uh, yeah. that was when the circuit was five yeah, days. Five days, yeah. Day and night at that time, though. Oh, sure. And then there again, you know, if you if you hadn't got youth on your side, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it today. No, I mean, it's just. When you're coming up there on the, on the Sunday night, leaving Killarney and coming up to the west, and you don't know you're a punch to board. Yeah. Uh, there's no mobile phones, and you know you had to read a map and try and get to wherever you were basically loosely supposed to be. And, and uh, now it was all uh, it was all a steep learning curve, and you were sort of through in and the deep end, and away you go. Sure. Aye, and there, was, there was no there was no centralised service or nothing. They got this. Oh, it's not at all. along the edge of the road, wasn't it, really, you know? Out of the road, somewhere or wherever, and uh, as I say, there was no... You were very, very lucky. You were a very, very special team if you had two-way radios then. <laughs> so you just sort of waited and waited and waited, and if they didn't come, then you asked the next car, and did, did you see such and such? And well, <laughs> Sort of waited. But, uh, uh, those were all good days, all good times. Uh-huh. And like um, you obviously had a strong relationship with Ronnie too, because he had the co-driving in '81. So he did. Uh, in 1981, uh, I done the Lakeland stages with Ronnie uh-huh. in a Skillen rally, 
um, the bushwhacker in, in a sunbeam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is my first time to sit with a, you know, a, a proper decent driver on gravel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just amazed me. Now, I would be, uh, <laughs> to call me a co-driver would be, <laughs> <laughs> would be, you need to use a bit of imagination. Now, I, I, I put my hand up and say I never was a great co-driver or, or navigator, <laughs> but uh, I basically had a, an idea of how to read the road book. And once you left the start of the stage, it was just amazing, just totally amazing. And uh, the car control that that man had was someone else. And especially on gravel, maybe not just as it might have been a bit, bit sharper on the tarmac, but Ronnie was something else on the gravel. And you know, you had guys like like Bertie Fisher and Hugh O'Brien and stuff down through the years. If they were competing uh, on that rally, he was the first time they were looking for. Yeah. If you were I mean, you were probably leading the rally. Uh, you were going so there. we were looking. I can't remember where we finished, and and the the lake was probably fourth or fifth or something like that. And then we came to the bushwhacker, and we won the rally. Um, I don't know by how much or whatever, uh, but it was a fantastic experience yeah. doing rally with somebody like that. And um, the other interesting thing about that was at that time too, in 1981. Uh, with whatever points I got for my co-driving <laughs> skills in, in the Lakeland and the Bushwhacker, it left me that I won the co-drivers championship that year. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of people know this, and there's probably not a lot of people are that interested, but uh, after 1981, there was no longer a championship for quite a few years. Uh-huh. So. Um, I was the reigning Northern Ireland co-driver for <laughs> quite a few years, <laughs> uh, which, uh, as I say, not a lot of people know that. <laughs> it's your badge of pride, isn't it? <laughs> so how did you make the, the move from passenger seat into driver's seat? <clears throat> it was always there, Kevin. Um, you know, whenever, I mean, Whenever, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever you could afford to buy a car, I mean, the, the car never cooled. You were away every way. You were here, there, and if you're going to the shop, you went the long road, and you maybe went, <laughs> you went via some of the back roads, and, and if there was snow, oh, sure. I mean, it was just Monte Carlo. Yes. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 the urge to get into motorsport was obviously the, the co-driving didn't cost you anything, but if you wanted to go driving, you have a car, and uh, probably the first car would have been an Avenger, and of of many, many, many an Avenger. I would eat, yeah, couldn't even count up how many we had. We used to sort of there sort of <laughs> like disposable items about here. <laughs> There's a guy across the road from us here. Uh, used to break cars sort of as a sideline and he kept me all the bumpers and wings and headlights and radiators and stuff. He set all that to the side for me. <laughs> and only for him we couldn't have went, <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> you know, a, a radiator was a fiver and the headlamp was two pound and, and yes. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that, that's how that's really how we get into it. And a management guy told me that I should never have been rallying like and I know that myself because I could never afford it. Yes. Um but anyway, we we uh, we persevered at it, and we 
we've done some strange things to get going rally and we held the film shows way back in the day. Remember they used to be very Yes. Probably even before your time, Kevin, they used to be very you would have a night in the purchaser of the Royal Arms and Oma there and, and yes. charge a couple of pounds to get in to watch these these videos and films and stuff and just fundraising on them. Uh-huh. That's basically how we, we kept the thing going. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I never was a I never was I've always probably worked from the from the shoulders down, <laughs> which is a bad thing. Uh, you know, I never was a, a salesman or anything like that, but I just it was just manual graft, and we, we had to try and scrape up a few pounds here and there. And yeah, and like, uh, like you know, them Avengers, you had some fantastic results over the years too, hadn't you? Like it was. It was yeah. Listen, I mean, we had. <laughs> it wasn't all champions. We, <laughs> we had quite a few uh, world championship accidents. Hey, uh, okay, Few reshells done, uh, you know, here mm-hmm. in the long, long, cold, dark nights. But yeah, we had we had some fantastic results. And then the last, the last event that I had, we uh, we won a rally in Carrick on Shore in 1989. Bill Adair was my co-driver. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there again, getting back to in 1989, it probably took us. Eight or nine hours to go to Waterford. Yes. To the rally, and probably the same again coming home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The roads have improved greatly since then. But that was that rally. That particular rally that day, there was bits and pieces of snow about, and I think it probably helped us a bit because um, she wasn't the most powerful yoke in the car park. But um, no, we just. I just loved those wee cars. They were cheap and cheery, and they were, you know, they were, it was amazing. It was amazing on some of the things you could get away with them. Uh-huh. You know, and were you still running? Like, was you know, was the engine and all developed by that stage? Like, were you still running? Like, wasn't a sixteen hundred by that stage, or what were you running? Yeah, at that stage, she was sixteen hundred. Uh-huh. Now, it was the same old story, Kevin. It's just bits and pieces. You know, it's the same story today, and you know, the boy was saying. If we can just have this, or if we can have yes. that, or maybe get those tires, or those suspensions, or this. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember at that time uh, the TI sunbeams. The the big thing was then to get a set of TI pistons into your engine. Right. And that, that made a massive difference. <laughs> so uh, they were too expensive. So I remember being at a guy's house outside Dungannon one night. Um, Ian Cuddy was doing a bit of work with him, and this guy sort of specialised in sunbeams. And they had four second hand TI sunbeam pistons under the bench. Uh-huh. Uh, I spied them, and they were second hand. Now they came out of some of those uh, TI challenge cars in, in the UK, and I gave them 40 quid for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. And we got them into the car, and Progressed, but you know, you were. It didn't. It didn't really make that much difference. But it sort of, I suppose, in your head, you know, building engines and polishing connecting rods with with sandpaper and shining up things and trying to balance them and all, and just doing the wee silly things. And uh-huh. uh, if somebody got it now, they'd say you're not wise in the head. Yeah. But um, that was that, and then. Uh, Towards the end, 
I uh, it was a two liter Vauxhall engine, an eight valve. Right. Now, what was unique about it was it was on fuel injection. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that might have been a force for an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was uh, it was it was a good good going thing and it progressed. Mm-hmm. I don't think we done any real big damage with it or won much with it, but it was uh, it was good crack, good fun to drive. Uh, you know, as a big step forward in what you have been competing in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know you were saying that you were like mechanical and all. At this stage, then you were obviously developing up to the preparation stage. You were with Sydney Meat then, too? I, well, I'm not sure. Sydney, I would have been doing bits and pieces with Sydney. Uh, but I would have got no phone call to go with, with, with maybe Vincent Bonner or, or Bertie Fisher or some of, the, some of his customers. Uh-huh. Not, not on, a, on, a, on a regular basis, you know, one-offs here and there. And, and yes. then, uh, I think then, I got a phone call from Sydney. It was probably the round, around around uh, the end of '88. Mm-hmm. From memory, it's around the end of '88. Um, Sydney had already been out in Spain at this stage, and uh, he had done a, a sort of a year or two, maybe sort of a, a, a reconnaissance of, of what we were doing in Spain. And he was asked then, he was asked then to run that satellite team for Spain, mm-hmm. and he needed extra man so I went I think 89 was the first year in Spain mm-hmm. um, and uh, the first couple of years or the first year was the cadets and they were at that time they were the 8-valve cadets group A yes and uh, it was a big it was a big uh, change from from Ireland well first of all the, the, the logistics of it all mm-hmm. um, you just don't step into the van on a, on a Saturday morning and go to Scrutiny on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to leave. I remember uh, the, the the vans that we used were were GM. <coughs> they were uh, Chevy Chevy vans. They were five point seven liter V eight petrol. <laughs> <laughs> the the fuel tank held a hundred liters. Now the the fuel back then was a lot cheaper than it is now, yes. but it was relative. So we used to fill the vans in the bush, and when we were at the end of the A seventy five, we needed another fill. And basically, you could drive for three hours and uh-huh. fuel. <laughs> and you get on down through England get over to Cali and back then you had carnies and stuff for all the spares and oh it was a nightmare. Oh yeah. Because all the the, the French customs yeah. didn't want to know you. Uh-huh. Uh, they were just you know and if you didn't know what you needed stamp you you could win you could be in trouble because when into France nothing grown at you and, and the next thing you arrive and you're heading out of France into Spain and some guy down there tells you that you're missing a stamp here in your county. And oh, yeah. You know, oh, many a row was at the, at the frontier over that. Uh-huh. But that, that um, that's what I say about the logistics of that. And then we were we were based in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, back, back then, the roads in Spain weren't as good as they are today either. So it was a long, long hike now. It was a very, very long hike. Uh-huh. Which, 
we done it that often, you know, you sort of get into a routine and, you know, you just get on with it. And uh, I can remember uh, France used to take us 12 hours. Uh, you get off the ferry in Calais at, at 9 a.m. and you'd be crossing the border into Spain at 9 p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fuel every three hours, cup of coffee, sandwich, and another three yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, but luckily enough, now we didn't have we didn't have uh, much problems or too many problems in, in France with the police because we're all always on the toll roads. Right. And they never really seemed to bother you much, but Spain now is a different kettle of fish to where uh-huh. Spanish police uh, just had no sense of humour at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and luckily enough, back in those days, there was no such thing as tacos or anything like that either, no. you know. Uh, it was more or less speed and stuff like that than what a jump dungeon for silly things, you know. Uh-huh. Silly things. Yeah. But we soon learned to avoid those pitfalls and Mm-hmm. Trying best to stay in trouble, mm-hmm. but that, as I say, I started off with the cadets, uh, mm-hmm. two cars, two cars, and for the tarmac championship, which was probably I remember it was eight or ten events. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all over Spain, all over the mainland, and there was one in Tenerife and one in the Grand Canaries as well, and in, mm-hmm. in Grand Canaria. Yes. Um. Uh. I think those maybe ten. 10 or 12 tarmac events. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we, we also done the, the, the gravel championship. Top of that again. Yeah, yeah. Top of that again, which was another eight events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a lot of time spent in Spain. And uh, 92, I think, then, with the move from the cadet then to the courses, mm-hmm. with a season with the courses, two courses. Plus a couple of other courses for private years, we were sort of looking after them as well. Uh-huh. And then after that, then uh, came the Astras. Mm-hmm. The 16 valve then, the Astras. 16 valve Astras then. Uh-huh. And I think, um, not sure when it was, um, 93, I think we won the, the Tarmac Championship in 93 uh-huh. with Mayo. Yes. And uh, that was. You know, you back then in the, the, the earlier times, you were you were competing with, you know, Lancias, okay. the the Ford Sierra, uh-huh. um, the Renault, uh, the, the Opel, and, uh, and uh, there was there was four or yeah. five manufacturers there. But then uh-huh. they went or they went to the sort of the F two route or the sort of the yes. The, Front wheel drive, yes. Yeah, the front drive, the big cars, the Lancias and the, the Fords and stuff were weren't allowed. And then you were you were competing then with Peugeot and and um, and Renault and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The Clio was always a fantastic car. We always had a lot of trouble with the Clio. Mm-hmm. Number one, the, the Clio was a very light car to start off with. Okay, you yes. Know, the, the, the Clio in in, in rally trim. You could have been way under the weight limit, mm-hmm. whereas Astros they were way, way, way over the weight limit, and we had loads and loads of problems trying to keep the weight down on them. We, mm-hmm. we, we always got them down to the weight limit, but it was a very expensive uh, operation to do that, and it was a lot of time and money to get them to the to the to the minimum weight. 
Mm-hmm. I suppose uh, I were uh, was able to place weights to get them. No, the Renault, the Renault, they could get their car uh, under the weight okay. and then put a big heavy sump guard on it, you know, yes. just exactly what you need the weight. So mm-hmm. we, we always struggled now to get the weight to where it was. And, uh, but, you know, the, the cars were all fairly reliable. Um, you know, you had the usual problems then with, with drive shafts and stuff like that. But the transmission, the gearbox and the engines, Group A engines, uh, Swinton racing engines done them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we 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 were always very lucky. Now I've never I don't really recall too many big accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the reasons for that was they done a serious wrecky. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, serious wrecky. Um, but then they, they sort of cut that out then in the later years too. But I remember in the early years with the with the cadets and stuff, they had they done full speed wreckies. Okay. In, in, in Group A cars. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember doing a, 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 I was out to do a, a recce myself. One man to do look after two cars in the recce. It wasn't too bad. Uh, but they, they would have started wrecking at sort of three o'clock in the afternoon. And uh-huh. they would have done a couple of stages at sort of sensible pace. But then we put the spot lamps on and see once, once it came dark me. I remember being in a village one night and there was BMW, Lancia, Ford, Opel, Renault. It was it was like a service park. This <laughs> was lit up and there was barbecues going, there was merchandise people there. there this is uh-huh. this is during the recce. Yes. Uh, maybe on the Wednesday night before the rally. Uh-huh. Um, these guys, uh, they would take turns at these stages and, and it was all, they all controlled it themselves and police and all were there and they knew what was going on and the spectators were up on the mountains and you could see the barbecues going and the cracks was 90. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, you know, if Matt Doherty came around the corner here, <laughs> yes. that, that may have been one of the reasons why we never had any major, major crashes or accidents, you know, we had an odd bumper and stuff like that. But yes. in fairness now, they didn't, they didn't throw them off the road that often. Uh-huh. Uh, and then what we used to do was after the event, um, we then went on to the dealers in the town where the next event's going to be. The next yes. event could be maybe three or four weeks time. But we went up there and parked all the vehicles and stuff up. and. Uh, Excuse me. Probably then flew out a week or so before the next event and re-prepped everything and, and mm-hmm. done the wreck. Yeah. But it was a interesting time now in Spain. It was a it was a different it was a different sort of a, a different environment from the rallying at home. Yes. Uh, from the, from the point of view of the wrecking and stuff that they done. Uh, and like then teams like it wasn't just privateers a lot. Of, you know they were sort of blessed factory entries and all too, weren't they? Oh yeah, they were they were official. BMW and Lancia and, and uh-huh. uh, Renault and, and Peugeot and Opel, they were all official teams and they yes. were all spent big budgets, but you couldn't compete with the, the Lancias and the Ford, uh, obviously, in a, in a group of ACAR, but they, they, uh, they changed that and they went the front wheel drive and that, that sort of suited the, obviously the Peugeot and the, and the Renault and the Opel uh-huh. manufacturers. Yes. Um, the, there were some interesting times, um, and a lot of the rallies ran on to sort of late at night and finished maybe at 10 or 11 o'clock in the evening. Right, yeah, uh-huh. Spain, 
having the climate that they do, they would have had a, a massive prize given at maybe 12 o'clock at night. Yes. The first three cars would be up in big ramps and podiums and there would be fireworks and there's a whole thing done. We're sitting waiting to get everything collected up and the next thing then you get a letter from the scrutineers to go to post event scrutiny and uh, they want to weigh they want to weigh uh, number three cylinder connecting rod or something like that. <laughs> By the time we had them off the ramps and stuff, it was one AM. Yes. Went to the to the local dealers and started taking engines out and stripping um, weighing connecting rods. And I seen us leaving both of them scrutiny at eight o'clock the next morning with a box a box of bits just yes. pushed into the um, and uh, you know it was there were tough 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 nights now. There's a lot of a lot of uh-huh. late nights. Yeah. And the development will still be going on in Dungannon as well. There'd be a lot of the, uh, development of that car been going on in Dungannon, and then that would all all that sort of know how it would have to be. Uh, well, the car was basically developed by GM Eurosport, right. um, which, which later turned out to be MSP. Uh-huh. Um, you know, all the bits they they had all the bits homologated for it, and they supplied us with all the bits. Okay, right. The, yes. the biggest development part that we had was trying to get them down to the weight. Okay. Get them. Yeah. Um, now there was a there was a few there was a few uh, clever things done that sort of didn't break the rules but bent the rules. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the those cars were fairly much developed. Um, they, they just came as a package, and, and mm-hmm. then as a result, tires and fuel and stuff like that. And they were a fairly basic engine. They were restricted by the the, the air intake, so. Okay. There was, you know, there wasn't enough. There were, I think, 130 brake horsepower, 135 if you had a real good one. Yes. But uh, no, the scrutineers used to give us a fairly hard time, and that was it was something that all the manufacturers signed up to. They mm-hmm. wanted to police properly, so that was part of the. You know, if you had, uh, if you had uh, a bit of success, well, you had to go and show that you were doing it by the book or doing it. Yeah, right, done, done fairly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then you know they went on to develop a four-wheel drive Vectra then too as well. Was that was that something yeah. as well, or was that again? Well, excuse me. We we built a four-wheel drive Vector in Dungannon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the the rules for the gravel championship it was completely open. Okay. There was. Uh, it was a very very open championship. I mean, you could literally have two engines in the car. <laughs> Now, the range of engines that, that Opel or GM had at the time was, was limited sort of to, to the 16-valve thing. And yes. Uh, they hadn't really anything that had been turbocharged running at that stage. So we did seriously consider and talked about uh, having a twin-engine car because Citroen had one in Spain and okay. uh, worked fairly well. So we thought, why not? And then uh, I remember been at an event somewhere in Spain and I think it was Peter Garvin was at home. Peter would have been a very good man at, at fabricating and stuff so he, Peter was left at home to cut out the back boots and stuff out of this car to yes. facilitate it in the rear. Uh-huh. I think there was a phone call made at home to stop, don't do that, we're going to try and turbocharge one of these engines so yes. we turbocharged an engine and back then it was 
you are very limited. You know, they, they don't. They didn't have the electronics and stuff to suit it then. It no. Was, it was, it was, uh, it was a good effort now, and then we tried supercharging them as well, and now that was, uh, that was just another experience. And it, was, <clears throat> and it was all, everything was all against the clock, you know, you had, yeah. uh, these were things that were sort of going on in, you know, mid-season or too late in the, too late at the beginning of the season, to uh-huh. commitments made and we had to be there, and literally I seen us, uh, screwing bits on the cars on the boat going out, you know, and that was so tight. Yes. So tight. Uh-huh. But they tried they tried all these things and like, listen, it wasn't it was never a great success, but they it was we got them a bit more competitive than they would have been uh-huh. uh, with the with the engine. Yeah. But that was interesting now there was a that was an interesting project and it was there again it was it was something as I say it was all open and we could use whatever transmission and suspension mm-hmm. and things we wanted, you know. Yeah. But wasn't that brilliant like a, a small local firm, you know, like make uh, Sydney Meek at that time, taking on the likes of Lancia and Ford and these guys and being, you know, reasonably competitive against them as well too. So Oh well, yeah, well that was that was it. I mean it was it was uh, it was a challenge now uh, a few late nights in Dungannon, and I wouldn't agree with you. I would have said, this is madness that we're at here because we're working around the clock and uh-huh. trying to get these. But it was, it was a challenge. And it's like everything else, Kevin. If the budget's there to do it, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's remarkable what you can do. Uh-huh. Um, when, when, the, when, you're, when Sydney says you're doing it, <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do it with? <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it takes, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of things need to come together. You know, you need to get your engine guy and all on on board as well. And in fairness, the Swinton they did they did mm-hmm. uh, pull a lot of they pulled out a lot of stops now to yes. try and make the thing work. <clears throat> but uh, then I remember <laughs> at that time the exhaust and the ring were free. And, I mean, basically the the exhaust manifold came out of the side of this car, out of the front of the engine, and went straight out through. The inner guard out through the front wing, just behind the headlamp. That's where the exhaust came out. And the driver, the driver was telling us he was at the start of the stage, and the timekeeper was sitting here, and he's, I think he's, the timekeeper's table went on fire. There was some. There was some. Yeah. So um, that all come to an end, like you were saying, that the way it come to an end was sort of a bit horrible for you too, wasn't it? Like, so. I, it was a bit, it was a bit messy. But then you see, these big, these big manufacturers, they do things in board making and they just say, right, this is what we're going to do. Uh-huh. through. Um, we actually read it in the the motoring news. Uh-huh. It was at the time that uh, GM were going to stop rallying <coughs> and they were going to. They were going to concentrate on touring car racing. Yes. So uh, at that time, at that time, Spain already had a, a touring car team uh, run by an Italian crowd, and uh, it wasn't really. We weren't touring car people really, and, and uh, mm-hmm. that, that's just the way it went. So that that all ended. When was it? Ninety. End of. Yes, yeah, so I lit in ninety three, ninety four. I yeah, you know, I think it was the end of ninety four. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, around that time, we were also building 
for the the next year's gravel championship in Spain, which we sort of preempted that we were going to do, but then it, it obviously didn't happen. But we were building the four four wheel drive Corsa. Yes. And uh, that car was, uh, in fact, it's still about. Barry Barry Meek now has that car, and he, mm-hmm. he's in the, restoring it at the minute. But that was another project that was. Um, it was sort of like a Super 2000 car. Aye, it was way ahead of his time there, really, wasn't it? Yeah, so. 20 years before the Super 2000 cars came yeah. out. Yeah. And, uh, no, that is, that, is another, that is another massive uh, project. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, I mean, there was plans for using a V6 engine and all sorts of things they got on it. But uh, unfortunately, it never, it never, uh, it never happened. So. Yeah. Um, like you know, like the the, the one offs that Meek produced were, you know, way ahead of the time. Like you know, you think of that course as like a two liter red top in it, and uh, the McKinstry four before escort. That's, you know, yeah. you know, the, all them cars the Ryan still going strong today too. You know, so. that's right. I mean, there there were I think the the plan at that at that time, um, especially with the 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 Peugeot Peugeot. Oh yeah, stuff that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the plan there was to sort of, you know, Sunbeams and Avengers were getting scarce, and this was something that you could put all your running gear into. Mm-hmm. And you had kind of a current, modern-looking car, and mm-hmm. True. That, that was that was one of the Sydney's projects. And, and mm-hmm. uh, as you say, then the Orion, the Orion, uh, there was two or three of those built. There was a rallycross version, and there was a road car version too. Right, yeah. uh-huh. like, the, um, the rally cross one was what you call him Con Kiri, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the the other the rally car, um, Stephen Finlay had it, and Barry Fisher drove it, and Barry McGuigan drove it too, didn't he? Barry McGuigan drove it. When it came out at that time, I think it had a heart engine or something like that. Now that, this was slightly before my time. Right. Yes. <laughs> But I, I was lucky enough lucky enough to drive that car myself. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it had a, a normally aspirated uh, Cosworth engine. Okay. Uh, but nice, nice going. But mm-hmm. it was very much like a Manta, because, you know, all the running gear, the suspension and stuff was all Manta. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar characteristics, but mm-hmm. uh, lovely car to drive. Um, when you see the amount of work that goes into one of those shells, I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even you were saying there, you know, the two five as well. Like, it was sort of run. You could have had an Opel engine in it. You could have had a like an Avenger engine in it. You could have a Nissan engine in it. Like it was so. You know, the planning that went into that, but just to slot an engine into it, it's not just simple, is it? Too, you know. No, no, it's not. It's not simple. But I mean, the floor pans and and, and chassis legs and, and uh-huh. stuff like that. Just you know, uh, plasma cutter and cut that out. Well, this is and see what way it goes. There's a lot of work in it now. There's a lot mm-hmm. of work. Again, that was that was slightly before my time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really involved in, in, in much of that stuff. Yes. But uh, uh, as I say, there was some of the engineering things were, were remarkable. I think mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just, just before we leave uh, the sort of the meat thing behind, like you were working, you were saying about Bonner and Fisher and all that. Like them mantas know too. Like they were the. You know, they were as good as that and, and probably as good and not better than McRae and Brooks and cars, you know. Oh. So Meek's cars was as good as anybody's at them days. 
Absolutely. As I say, well, I, I sort of didn't, I wasn't there much for the building of those cars. I would have been more of them for not there. Um, but uh, in fact, I was talking to Sydney there recently. They went, the time they were very busy at that, they've been running on a Manta for Verdi. And, and I think they built one for Austin McHale and they built one for, for Billy Coleman. Um, it was just crazy busy too. And at that time, they they they'd done a few shells themselves, but they they would have got they would have got uh, some of the shells from Germany, from okay. the factory in Germany, and right. uh, that would have saved a lot of time. Uh-huh. But I think one of the last uh, liquid cars they'd done that might have been I think they done it themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Can't know. Wesley would probably know better than Wesley Emerson, right. who was there uh, in those See earlier right. days. Mm-hmm. Would, yeah. uh, so you're involved in the content end then with me then I suppose like never they pulled the pin uh Opel pulled the pin at that stage then and you moved on to Honda uh turn cars. Well it, it was a it was a brief a very brief spell at, yes. at uh as I say, MSD used to be GM Eurosport and okay. then uh when all that folded up they became motorsport development and they they had the contract to do the I think it was the British touring cars with the, with Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, after Spain finished, I think the, the, <coughs> the four wheel drive Porsche was still going on at that stage and there was a bit of work to be done with that. And then MSD were under a lot of pressure and myself and Wesley went over there and, and gave them a bit of a hand out. But it was, it was, uh, it was uh, sort of fabricating and stuff like that. And, uh, I wasn't that keen on it to be honest with you but when I was there I had a, a phone call from Paul Harris to see could I come and give them a hand so mm-hmm. I, uh, I told David Whitehead that uh, I was going to move on and uh, there was no problem there's no animosity or anything so mm-hmm. I went on into Banbury then and, and started working with Paul and the, and the customer team okay and, uh, right. yes. mm-hmm. it was uh Dave Campion was the boss there, mm-hmm. and uh, generally um, they like you to come and do a bit of uh, workshop work, you know, okay. for two or three weeks, and then you'd have been off to probably the the the, the far east to the Asian Pacific, some of those Asian Pacific championships. Yes, but most most of the work that I done with ProDrive was was for the the customer team, right. and. Uh, it was it was slightly better than going with the 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 rally team from the point of view was you were going with privateers okay. uh, they looked after you very well and if you're going for ten days you got ten days day money before you left and mm-hmm. the chances are when you came back you still have it because <laughs> the customers looked after you very well right, um, yes. that was a bit of a bonus and it's the same you know as they as they talk about it's the same different bucket but yes that, doing the same work but uh-huh. it, it was very interesting now a lot of a lot of time away out in that far east places you know like thailand indonesia yes australia uh, and the long haul flights they're all good crack at the time and, and, you know, and catch up in the body then too yeah when you get to about your seventh or eighth flight that year it does become a bit of a drag you know uh-huh. but this uh, you're a lot younger back in them days and you're a well fit for it, so <laughs> it's a good way. And then, plus, then uh, when the rally 
team were under a bit of pressure if they're running three or four cars. Uh, there'd been a few boys from the customer team hauled in there and you know, uh -huh. done events with them as well. Yes. Oh, it all changed today. I mean, back in those days, uh, there was there wasn't so much of the the regimented stuff that they have now. You know, it was uh, you sort of got set up where you could and you mm -hmm. service where you could. It was um, it was always uh, it was always common for the TV and yes. things. You know, the way they now with the big garage and stuff, sure, just completely. Aye, it's nearly become racing rather than rallying. Look, a lot of that, the side of it. Um, you know, it's mm -hmm. so 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 uh, so regimented now, and it's, it's uh, well, it's probably for the better for the TV coverage and stuff. Of course, it is. Of course, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Them days, uh, but you know, um, we were there, and I would have done. Plus, the fact that I was involved with the, the customer team would have done a lot of uh, publicity stuff with Pirelli and and uh, with uh, different uh, different uh, countries. You know, for instance, there was. Uh, Switzerland, Switzerland. The, the guy, the, the the importer in Switzerland, decided he would he would uh, ask ProDrive could he send out Colin McRae to give his customers a joyride. Right. Yes. So it was all arranged. I don't know. There was there was fifty fifty young lads who had bought WRX Subarus in. Uh -huh. And they all got a joyride with Colin McRae on a gravel stage. Now, when we arrived at the hotel, it was just on the side of the mountain, and, and uh, there again, back then, there was no sat navs or very few telephones. Mm -hmm. um, we drove past this place, and it was just the car park was full of blue brick <laughs> with five, 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 and all this, all, you know, just. Typical boy racers. Yes. The car park uh -huh. literally. I thought, geez, this is a big show that's on this weekend. Uh -huh. um, these were the the young lads' cars. These were the the bubble hatters. This was their yes. their own road cars. So we had to get involved in a few events like that. Um, and uh, Colin would have took those guys for a run. Um, honest to God, you know, most of them when they were sort of fell out of the car when they came back after <laughs> just. <laughs> I put my hand up and say I was one of them. But I didn't just let it out, but I just I just shook my head and said, you know, I'm gonna hang up the glove. <laughs> different gravy as they say. Different level. Different level. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. But like, yeah, there was some But some was he like, was he like exceptionally more talented like than anybody you'd ever sat with before at that stage? Ah, listen, uh in that machinery too, it was in the Group A in Preta at the time, and uh -huh. uh, there was those parts parts of the stage that was on the side of a mountain, and there's parts of the stage that were uh, icy. Uh -huh. And well, my, my excuse to get a run was the first run on the morning. We better go and check this stage to make sure it's safe enough. So <laughs> I said, "Right, sir, I'll come with you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, it was it was uh, take the light from your eyes, and that's just the, the only way. And this is only on a warm up run. Yes, um, but. You know, the, he was just so natural, so natural uh, a driver, and you know, was, well, that car was developed around him, so he was just part of it. And, yes. You know, yeah, you know, left foot braking and things like that, and I'm sitting looking over at this, just saying, "How are we going to get around this corner?" <laughs> 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 I was thinking myself, 
Jesus, when you see the headlines in motorsport news this week? Big <laughs> 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 action in Switzerland. But no, listen, it was, it was, uh, it just was, uh, uh-huh. blow your mind, yes. blow your mind. And that was in a group A car. Just imagine what it'd be like today in one of those other oh, cars. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's my that's my uh, one of my claims to fame. As I say, never meet your hero, but I have to I have to say that was that was something uh-huh. special. Uh-huh. He was he was definitely an exceptional talent, wasn't he? Then too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you were you still working with uh, make uh, you know at home here the likes of Bertie Fisher not as well bits and pieces too. Oh, there still would have been yeah. There still would have been bits and pieces. There's never anything written down and said, look, here you're doing this that.
some of the escapades now were. But as I say, I was glad to see, I was glad to hear the the, the chase cars being banned, and I was mm-hmm. happy to sit in the service area and wait on the cars coming. <laughs> It was it was a liability. It yes. was a liability. I could have that had ever happened, it would have been curtains. Yeah, yeah. you're on about you're on about try to get to wherever you were supposed to go to, and then you had to try and get into the service as well. And sometimes there was it was easier getting into the service than 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 uh, other places. <laughs> there was an odd row now with marshes and stuff. And uh, uh-huh. sure. yes, we often you could write a book, but none of us ever did. <laughs> So uh, you were saying, I uh, so you were getting busier and busier with your own work then at, at, at home. So you sort of called time in the pro drive work then, was it? I well, it's, it's sort of a thing that <laughs> there again there was nothing really written down. Uh, at the start of the year, we said, "Will you do this or do that?" Uh-huh. There's your seven rallies. Yeah, that's then you knew what you were doing. I mean, that's that is one thing, but that just you knew exactly what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Plus then they were doing those um, those drive day things like that thing in Switzerland yeah. and, and uh, other PR do's and stuff like that. And plus then they've been working with the rally team that wasn't necessarily on on the calendar. But uh-huh. um, then just getting busy at home, Kevin, and, and uh, uh, the time just came. You just couldn't do it all, so yes. we just had to cut our stick and. Even even after when it when it did, did start working full time at home, I still would have done an odd foreign rally okay. or project for for whoever. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, we started we started concentrating on home then. Mm-hmm. Um, probably I don't know when that when would that have been probably ninety seven ish. Right. There about. Okay. Yes. Still would have done bits and pieces of odd events with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, who have we been with? The likes of Tony Cairns with the Group M Subaru. And uh, we've done the Tarmac Championship with Tony. Mm-hmm. We're lucky enough to win it. And yes. we had been extra ever colours. Group M car, the, the uh, which you've been, oh, oh, I can't even remember what year she was, but she would have been, she'd been one of the first Group M cars. Uh-huh. Yes. And, uh, Sort of progressed on from there. We've done a bit of work. Tony then had a, a metro mm-hmm. six hours. Or I think maybe the metro might have even been before that. Um, but I remember borrowing out of him one day to do the five mile town rally. Yes. Uh, now there was a scary. There was a scary experience. Uh-huh. Uh, I had never driven anything like it before, and I don't. I can't remember. We, there was obviously there was no gravel stuff for it, but we got her jacked up and got gravel wheels on it and away we went. <laughs> but now she would put manners in you. Right. She would put manners in you. That was a that was a, an experience that car now. Yes. Don't know that I've done much with Tony's metro, but I know I drove it and then he had the, the he had the this the group N car, he done the championship, he won it uh-huh. and then sort of got tied down with business and stuff. And then from there on, sort of just got busy with other bits and pieces going on here. And then I suppose in 90, when it in the late 90s, 96, 97, maybe 97 or 98, the Mitsubishi started becoming very popular. Yes. Uh-huh. We built a couple of Evo 4s 
and then the next thing they brought out an Evo 5, and do you remember for years and years, every year there was a new Evo yeah, 5? Yeah, the 6 and the 6.5. And... <laughs> right, and it just progressed from there, and uh, you know, I, I can't remember, I think we probably built a dozen of those Mitsubishis in around mm -hmm. that time. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> in fact, there's still a few of them about now, but uh, that, that, that was a very busy time now with the Group N cars and then sort of doing the, the Irish stuff, uh, the, both the tarmac and the, the national, not so many of the national events back then. I didn't really get much into the national events till Patrick Elliott came along and then he decided we built him a new Evo 6, I think that was about 99. Okay. And then after that, he progressed to a, a Group A in Preza. And then he had a 99 car, and then, well, the rest is... Yeah. yeah. He was loving yeah. these guys every year. He developed, he upgraded the car to the, the next... That's right. Yep. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, so we had, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of events with Patrick, and uh, Patrick now would have been... You weren't sure... You weren't sure until the Sunday night when you had it in the trailer. You weren't sure what you were sort of going to bring home now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few, uh, I don't mean any disrespect by saying it, but Patty had a few fairly decent offs. But uh -huh. um, uh, he, he, he progressed as a driver and it was great to see you know, how yeah, he did progress. In the last few years, he become very successful, didn't he? Two yeah. Two championships um, I'm very matter of fact about it too. I mean, if he said at the beginning of, or at the end of the previous year we're doing the national championship and we'll do Donegal and we'll do this and we'll do that, that's exactly what he did do. So he knew exactly. Right now, that put you under a bit of pressure because if you had a, if you had an off and 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 one weekend, then you were oh flat out to get the next weekend or whatever. Yeah. And there was no such thing as not being there. You know, <laughs> I mean. I see me going and having to brave my body man to get to get the car up the queue and things like yes. that. To, but um, that was all part of it, and, and uh, a lot of lot of good success with Patrick. And, and, uh -huh. uh, and also the group M times there was Gene Megan and Trevor Cathers too as well. That's right, well, Gene Megan. Gene uh, won the Tarmac Championship, and I think it was in the might have been Evo Five with Gene. Uh -huh. Evo Five, and. Uh, then we also built an Evo 7 for Gene, mm -hmm. and uh, then Trevor Schallers came along, and Trevor had an Evo 5. And yeah, he came along here in Evo 5, and we'd done the Tarmac Championship with him. Uh, but a controversy that year with the, with the Group M stuff. Um, I remember uh, a Cork 20 rally, there was, uh, at that stage, there was, there was the rules were being planted a wee bit. Uh -huh. Just bent, not not badly broken, but just bent. <laughs> and there, at the end of that rally, I think there was four drivers excluded from the event for having uh, uh, dump valve infringements. Right. Yes. One sort or, or another. And anyway, that that ended up that we had to go. We were excluded out of the rally and. Yes. Uh, you know, but 
uh, it wasn't thought about it. And the next thing I, <laughs> I got a telephone call from Rob McDowell. This man was being excluded. So, uh, you know, there's been a few, that was, that was, a, that was a low moment now. That was yes. definitely a low moment. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't of my doing. I didn't put it there. But I suppose I should have. I should have. Uh-huh. The driver probably not was there either. You uh-huh. know, so I should have done something about it. But anyway, that's that's history now. And uh-huh. Rob wasn't just the most popular man about here for a while. No. <laughs> he's still here. I mean, we all get on very well. I mean, yes. Rob, you know, uh-huh. definitely. Uh, have tightened it up a bit now, that's for sure. That, yeah, you know. I could suppose it was getting a wee bit out of control too, wasn't it? Like, so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, once bitten, twice shy, that, that's a lesson I learned a long, long time ago. So, yes. Um, and I should have learned it from Spain too, because the scrutineers there, you know, give you a really, really hard time. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> we never fell out with any of them, and we never fell out with any of them here. We have to meet every other weekend, so there's no point falling out. Oh. You have to go back and play some hard week or whatever, yeah. So yeah. an odd discussion or an odd debate sometimes about stuff, but um, no, you have to you have to give them due respect to there to do a job. So mm-hmm. um, that 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 was a that was a, a, a long run home that weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, after that, then um, you still went on to win the championship that year too, as well with Trevor Runaway, didn't you? Yes, that's right. The last rally that year was in. In uh, Galway, mm-hmm. um, we had to go. Uh, we had to go to Galway to to try and win the championship. Mm-hmm. And as it as it happened, we did. We won it, and uh, it worked out well. But um, if there hadn't been that fiasco in Cork, we would have won it in Cork, and we wouldn't have had to go to to you know. So there was a bit of mm-hmm. bit of regret about that. But anyway, that's that's. The joys of rallying, sometimes. Joys of rallying, and, and uh, mm-hmm. then after, you know, after driver, then we had uh, you know guys like Willie John Dome and Willie Son, and his, in fact, his two sons, um, uh-huh. Gavin Harris and, and guys like Pat Price and Paddy McVeigh, and mm-hmm. going together. We've done a, a lot of the national events too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you you're heading, I, I remember us heading off from here with someone like five. Five event, uh, five cars for the same event. I can't remember. It might have been Bunny Hill or something like that. But it's just madness. It's yes. just complete madness. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to keep an eye on everything. You're trying to organise five vans and men to go on them and trailers and cars and, and it's just mm-hmm. crazy. That's uh, and making sure everybody's but, in the right place at the right time and never. Yeah, and I mean, you see, you see guys and and. Uh, I remember talking to Barry Devon, Donny Gall, like, well, Dan, how many cars you that? Oh, we will be 18 this year. You know, that's that. <laughs> yes. But they, they have a great system and, you know, they park everything up together and they have a great way of going and, and they all work through each other. And it's, it's, uh-huh. it's good. And it works just, for them too, you know. It so. works for all, there's no question. It works. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's just, it's too much stress for me. Yeah, I can't do it. And like you were mentioning well, there, Patrick Elliott too, like the, the S12B he had at the finish up, like that car was built for him from Pro Drive. Like it was the right hand drive car come out of the factory, built that way and all too. That car was brand new for Patrick in uh-huh. whatever year it was, now I can't remember, Kevin, but it was uh, at that time Pro Drive had that, that contract thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's all sorts of stipulations and, and uh, you would need to be a barrister to understand the whole contract. But basically, uh, there was a, a warranty with the car and everything was warranted. But whenever the, the, you had to have an engineer there in every every event, um, we were lucky enough to have a guy called Daniel Creed. He's an Australian guy. Right. He, he worked with Rally Art for uh, a lot of years and then he went to Pro Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, um, when, when he left here, he put the, the car in trailer mode. And there's lots of other customers here at the same. Yes. It wasn't a problem as far as I was concerned. The only problem was if you needed to bed brake pads or do something like that. Yes. You couldn't take it down the road. And this was to cover their backs, but they knew once they left the, the car here that it wasn't going to be twenty stages on a testing. So that was good from their point of view and uh, and it, it worked well too because I remember one afternoon, one Friday afternoon, Daniel arrived over, we headed away to a bit of a road to do a bit of a test. And about the third or the fourth run, uh Car went up past me, and the next thing seen a puff of smoke, and went over, and there was a connecting rod that came up through the top of the block. Now this was sort of two o'clock on the Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I rang Steve Smith and asked him, "Have you got a spare engine sitting there?" He says, "I'll get back." A couple of minutes later, he says, "Yeah, I have one." I said, "Right, you can get somebody on the boat." <laughs> uh, I came home. Pulled the engine out, and I think about 4 a.m., uh, a wee guy from ProDrive, Charlie Dodd, arrived here with an engine. <laughs> and, uh, the car was driving out of the workshop here at 9 a.m. to go onto the trailer to go to scrutiny. So that, that was the warranty or the contract part of ProDrive. Now, obviously, Patrick Elliott had to pay for the, the boat, the freight, and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Reassurance from his point of view, then as well, I suppose. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a lovely car, and, and, and still is to this day. It's, it's gone to Belgium now. It's, it's a guy in Belgium and he owns that car now, but it was a fantastic yeah. car. And like, you've put like, after that car from she so came out of Pro Drive until this year, really. Well, was between, yeah, well uh, between Patrick Elliott and McVeigh and all them too. Well, she left here. She left here. She was away from here for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, then came back, and but Paddy didn't really do that much rallying in it after it came back, so yeah. uh, <laughs> <and> sold. <clears throat> but yeah, lovely, lovely car, beautiful car, yes. and uh, mm-hmm. it was built to order, as you say, for mm-hmm. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, through all this, you continue with your driving too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I I realized a long, long number of years ago that. Uh, I didn't get the phone the phone call from Des O'Dell or or, or uh, <laughs> those guys. I reckon not, better not take this too seriously. Yes. Um, to be honest, if, you know, if you ask any of the guys that have sat with me, uh, it's all about a day's crack. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the day's crack. Uh, yeah, you have to be serious about it too. Dangerous enough sport without acting the lag too much, but mm-hmm. uh, if I don't have at least a, a, a good good laugh somewhere along the, the, the rally route, or maybe even in one of the stages, you know, mm-hmm. it hasn't been able. 
it was all just for for crack. I never took it too seriously. I never got involved in, in championships or anything like that. Um, just um, one off events that you wanted to do, as such, you know. So. One or two events in the year. Um, I was very lucky. I had somebody like Tony Cairns who who sat with me in quite a few of them. Tony put up a large proportion of the the the, the budget and uh, also pulled through for me too. Now. Tony be a bit like myself, he, he, he would tell you that he, he wouldn't be a co-driver by any stretch of the imagination, but yes. we had some great results and some crack, and, and as I say, uh, one or two events in the year, and that's, that was all that kept me happy. And, you know, you were, I can remember, you know, you were doing your local rally, you were doing your own rally, you've done a few, um, a few of the uh, championship rounds down through the years, but if you're only doing one or two rallies a year, you do your own and whatever, and then you always get the the, the begrudgers and oh, sure, McGurk knows where he's going and he knows that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my argument for that is Kevin and, and most of the guys who are doing this, Gernon, uh, have probably done the rally more often than I have. Yes. Um, you know, if you can't if you can't know those stages or you can't learn those stages, doing them at rally speed, you know, twice or three times every year, you know. You must forget about rallying. So don't become one, don't become one of that one to me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's not that's, that's not it. Never bothered me, and we just we just let the state kind of do the talking. Ah, because you know they've been doing eight or nine or ten events in the year, but you're only doing your one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quicker, yeah. obviously. There should have been. I, I never really got involved in any of that controversy or any of that backstabbing or burglary. And uh, listen, uh, I don't need to. I don't need to prove. No, and the voices go. That's when you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, once the guy, once the guy, or the, the the clock at the start of the stage goes to go, you don't have any friends then till the next to the uh-huh. next stop board. Yes. The way I look at it, uh, yes. there's no friends in there. But uh, listen, I get on, I get on the very, very best with everybody that I've ever competed with. I've never had any controversy, uh-huh. uh, and I wouldn't even be bothered with that. No. Uh, doesn't doesn't appear to you that whole side of it. You just want to drive and as fast. No, as exactly. And um, I'd be a good believer in if it happens in the stage, that's where it should, you know, start and finish in the stages. This road penalty nonsense and all. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's been a lot of controversy over the years, and I've seen it and, and I've heard about it. I've never been involved in it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's part of the rules, I suppose. And if somebody wants to try and win it that way, well, whatever. That's that's mm-hmm. the way the rules are. Mm-hmm. It's not for me to. Like you know, your own local rally as a bushwhacker, like what a record you have in it. Unbelievable. Like, yet ones well, are, you know, and nearly yeah, a- we were always fairly lucky in the bushwhacker. Uh-huh. We were always fairly lucky. Now a, a couple of years I, you know, I was handed the rally, you know, with guys who went either went off the road or for whatever reason. Yeah. Um it was you know, some very, very very hard fought yes. in the bushwhacker. And then there was other ones that were handier, you know, what wouldn't say handier, but they were they looked they looked uh, they looked easy, but I can mm-hmm. tell you they were very easy. Um and then we threw in an odd one away from home just to keep the yeah. boys quiet. Like I know uh, Rory Kennedy was telling me about one you've done down the country, it was a, it was a group in Subaru or something you just run at the time. And he said he never laughed as much on a day. That- uh, is, it was just, I, I, was like, oh, I can't remember, was it that one? Caricature. Caricature. Yeah. 
Yes. And mm-hmm. there again, and another sponsored car, Willie John Jones two-door group M car. Yes. And um, we went to the rally just for the crack. There was no, we had no ambitions of going to win it or anything, but mm-hmm. we had, we ended up winning it. Yes. And that day, the crack was mighty. Um, there was one, <laughs> one particular stage. Um, the car was so quiet. You know, she was a, she was a very quiet group M car. And mm-hmm. um, we'd arrived. We went over the flying finish, and the flying finish was sort of down around the corner from the, the stock car. Mm-hmm. And we come up, typical cool driver, you know, he's got all these stopwatches and stuff going. And oh, I says we were, we were, we were 942 and that. And next uh, thing, the girl was parked on my side, and I gave her out the, the card and came back in. And he says, Jesus, that time's wrong. I said, Your man says that time's wrong. No, she says that's the time I got. So, uh, there's a bit of controversy, four or five seconds, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And I said, don't worry about it, Roy. It's only a bit of crack. And I said, do you know what happened? I said, we went over that play and finish, and your man never even heard us coming. <laughs> <laughs> so later on that evening, we done the same stage again. And uh, we're coming down through these fast three rights and three lefts and big slides on everywhere. And we're coming near the finish. And I says to Rory, I says, blow the horn at them cunts. <laughs> <laughs> so Rory, he was blowing away and blowing away and trying to read notes and laughing and laughing. And God, Kevin, how we didn't go off the road laughing. <laughs> uh, he did tell me, he said it was one of the best days he ever had in a rally car, you know. <laughs> I think, I think uh, we had a... Uh, <laughs> We had a slightly better time on the stage now. I'm doing the poor girl that was doing the time. You know. <laughs> Christmas they got, and I, I love days track like that. You know. Yes. Uh-huh. No pressure, and we were lucky enough to win the rally, and and, and then uh, we were we were up at that rally up in uh, Antrim, what he called the Toshiba Rally, uh-huh. and we were we were on a real ding dong day. It was fantastic. We were going well, and. Is that big stage, the Slevenora stage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this, is, I, I, this must have been, it could have been the same year, maybe. Could have been the same year, I'm not sure. But we're, we're down that big long stage, you know, with the very bad bumps, and then uh-huh. big long, and then there's like a free ride or something at the, at the end of it. Um, this is absolutely flat out, sick gear. And through another couple of corners, and then the next thing, blah, 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 blah. blah. And Rory says, After something, and the next thing, the front right hand wheel came off and disappeared into the trees. <laughs> now, literally, before you know, half a mile before this, we were doing a hundred odd mile an hour, and I thought to myself, Jesus, we were lucky there. Uh-huh. We were lucky. But anyway, that one got away from us, you know. That's to say that. You know, there's uh, like the, 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 the Shiba rally was the rally, you know, a gravel rally at that time, you, you know, because you had RPM coming here, like Toshiba sponsoring it, and another. That was the, that, they always, was it Patrick, no, not Snyder, forward it, Arnold Swartz forward it one year, not two, wasn't it? Not two. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I think I went to do that rally again the, the following year. Yes. It was probably a bit of unfinished business, so uh, David Moynihan went with me. That's right, I think that was 90. Three. Maybe it's three. 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 Yeah. David Moynihan went with me in the rally. Um, 
like the first rally I won in Caricature, I was using Billadere's tires there. Okay. That is that is one of the reasons, the main reason for Bill. <laughs> um, of course, in the Toshiba, I was using Philip Moynihan's tires. Kubos. <laughs> so we went to the rally, and David rang me a night or two before the rally, and he says, uh, "What size of tires do you want for this car?" Yes, I know, two o fives or whatever they are. Now, what I didn't know then was a two o five Kumo is nearly half as wide again as a two o five Pirelli. Okay, right. Yes. Up until this, I was more used with Pirellis, but anyway, uh -huh. these tires they were nearly as wide as tarmac tires. Mm -hmm. uh, we started off the rally, and it was no, it just wasn't working right. Um. Anyway, but halfway through the rally, or just before the service. On some of those stages, we arrived in at a corner, changed down through all the gears, and then I discovered there was no clutch. I mean, literally, you put your foot on the clutch, it's just like putting your foot on the hard floor, there was nothing, no, there was nothing, nothing there. And the clutch wasn't engaging. But anyway, lucky enough, with those Group A cars, you don't really need a clutch once you leave the, the, the line. Uh -huh. So we, and we got to the end of the stage, <clears throat> and I says, no clutch. What are we going to do? And there was a there was a service area down in somewhere just near the coast. It might have been Valley Castle or somewhere. So we went down in there, mm -hmm. and Kenny and Philip Moynihan was there, <clears throat> and and he says, uh, "What about the tires?" I says, "Philip, I think the tires are too wide." But he says, "We'll try these other tires." But I said, "Sure, listen, we've no clutch. There's nothing. We can't. You know, I just have to switch it off. You couldn't mm -hmm. start it off and the gear take off." So he says, we'll try the narrower tires. And I said, but how the hold of it? There's no clutch in this car. So we says, Kenny says, you're going ahead, try her away. And she start her on the button or something. So we tried starting her on the button and it wasn't, you know, she was choking away and choking away. So we got to the start of the next stage and then we pulled up, switched all off. And I says, no, this is not going to work. So we started it up and we're sitting, moved up the, the, the stage start. And we're sitting on the line. And had the car on, and as soon as the guy said three, two, one, I just banged it into first gear and hit the throttle. And it worked. <laughs> Away we went. Um, we discovered in that stage that, that uh, you know, if we had a spun or anything, that was, a, that was curtains. Uh -huh. We kept it up. And we were having a great battle with Trevor Moore. And I think Derek Majority was involved in it there too. Uh, we got to the end of that stage and we discovered the tires were fantastic. We were like some like seven seconds quicker than we were the first time through. So a long story short, we went into the last stage, which is the wee short uh, one up at the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but just over a mile, it's like a mile and a half. Oh, and yeah. we were, it was into the forest park. And we were level on time with Trevor Moore. Mm -hmm. No, I'm telling you, like, we were one second down on Trevor Moore. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, this is going to be a big ask here. So I've done the same procedure again. As soon as the guy said go, I hit the first gear. <laughs> and away we went. Now, I can remember a wee bits and pieces in that stage, and I just said, right, you just, you just need to grow a set here. And I can remember. <laughs> remember. Trying to drive like Colin McRae. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
stuck my neck out on a fuel and, and got away with it. And we came to the end of the stage and knocked it out of gear and pulled in. And your man says we were too up on driver. So that left us winning the rally by one second. Yes. So we're very happy with that. But then the drama didn't end there. We went in to the service park and we started coming down the road. I can't remember what we were on, number three or four or something. But on the outskirts of Balamina, on the motorway, there was an accident. There was a bit of a coming together. And we came up. And of course, at this stage, the police and everything's there. And yeah. I, I had. Uh, I couldn't stop the car. You didn't touch it. <laughs> Put the hard shoulder to try and get past all this mess. Yes. And, eventually, and then, of course, we're watching away to make sure the police weren't coming after me. We got in and around all the wee back roads around Balamina there. And David says to me, he says, hey, this is going to be tight. I says, how tight? He says, we're, we should be there in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> so we were going to ride all these wee roundabouts out there at the, around the outskirts of Palomina and we were off doing 90 miles an hour. <laughs> we were right on the control and I knew that we were late. Yes. Um, of course, I just came in and switched it off and three-wheeled down into the car park. <clears throat> and David, he jumped out and got the thing. We were three minutes late at the final control. Okay. Um, uh, the clerk, of course, was Michael Johnson. I think it was, it was Michael Johnson. He came over and he opened the door, and I was sitting just uh -huh. He says, What happened there? Why we late? I said, Michael, we were coming down the motorway, and there was a bit of a rear end job, and the traffic built up, and we just couldn't get through. And that's all I said. And uh -huh. luckily, the next two competitors and the next three competitors were also late. So then he went and uh, he cancelled the. the Penalties for the last road section. Right. Uh, much to the horror of, 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 of an off road driver <laughs> jumping out of their stuff to see why. But I, listen, it was nothing. No. I didn't, hey, we'll go back to you like to do it on the stage, it's not the yes. road section. Yes. You know, as far as, as far as the stage time swept, there was one second in my favour. And, you know, uh, I didn't get involved in it and I wouldn't get involved in it and I wasn't asked to get involved in it. No. So the, mm -hmm. the, if I don't want the other way, you'd accept the, the same, wouldn't you? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's, I, mean I, I wouldn't be beating anybody in the road section for, for nothing, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, no, that's what I'm saying. My own Ryan, we, we never really took it too seriously. We just no. went for the crack. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, over them years, like, you drove, like, Mantas, Ryan, Metros, you know, different Subarus and all. Is there one car that stands out? No, that thing. Well, the scariest one was the metro. Yes. Uh, the noise. The noise. <laughs> and I remember writing a wee note somewhere, I think it may have been on the peak of my helmet, and it says, do not drive this car sideways. <laughs> or don't try to drive this car sideways. Because she she, uh, she scared me now. She, she, <laughs> she just was a different beast. Uh -huh. But I'll say the favourite, the favourite would be the Out Avenger was good crack, mm -hmm. no power. The Group A Impreza, what I'd have to say, would be the, the one. a real good, a real good clubman spec car. Uh -huh. Lovely, easy car to drive, very forgiving. Um, just, uh, just 
do what you want them to do, uh, really. And it wasn't crazy money in comparison to you know the cars now and things and that as well. Yeah, well that's that's it. I mean, you don't have all the fancy gear shifts and gear levers and stuff like that, but they were they were you know if if you were if you had half a dozen boys out in Group A impresses, you would help some days competition uh-huh. definitely. Good yes. uh, crack. And then um, in 2005, you done five miles home, and there was like a young guy sitting beside you that went on to greater things. <laughs> he did. Um, I have never sat with him now. Um, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, no, I wouldn't have the nerve to do it now. I would have done it back when I was his age. But uh-huh. I, I don't know, Kevin, how that came about. I think. Um, Maybe Gary Milligan or somebody out of the Motor Club asked, you know, could could I speak to Chris to see would he come and do the rally or something? Yes. Uh, and I think he may have been driving for the Sifton Junior team or something at that time, but we knew there was going to be no possibility of, of uh, getting a car, getting a deal together. It was going to mm-hmm. cost money. So I said, sure, if you're any good at the cold driving, you can come with me. <laughs> so sure enough. Um, and there's a there's an in-car video floating about somewhere now. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's a few times he turned over two pages in the notes. <laughs> um, there again, you know, I had done five minutes round several times, and I, I had a fair wee idea of the stages. Uh-huh. But when the notes are coming, you know exactly what's coming. So yes. the notes weren't coming. <laughs> the notes weren't coming. But you know, just. To describe the competitiveness of him, you know, he was very angry with himself. Right. Very angry with himself. And then once he got back on to where he should have been, you know, he was come on, go, go. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy going at the base of Gola. Mm-hmm. Um there's a couple of chicanes on it, and I would have been fairly, fairly handy through the chicanes. And when we're on the road, he said, You know, you're you're lost in a second or two of those chicanes. <laughs> I said, I'm just here. <laughs> the difference is you see those two big wing mirrors that's on there? I said, Robbie has to pay for them. <laughs> you know the cost. There's some club and sister and sticking them all for you and they're, they're not costing you anything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll worry about that. But anyway, no, fantastic day, days, uh-huh. crack, good experience and, and uh, good laugh too. Some some great laughs on it. And uh, we had a great battle that day with, with Glenn Al, God rest him. Uh-huh. Um, we, had a, we had a great battle. Yeah. And another one of them rallies, you won't be one second. You leave, leave, leave. <laughs> that, that's right, Kevin. I've had quite a few of those now. I've had quite a few of those. Yes. Uh, I've, been, I've been on the right side of most of them now, but there's been there's been a few close yes. years. Uh-huh. Yeah. You like to leave it to uh, uh, suspense, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, as, uh, a local guy around here, Kevin O'Kane, used to say, sure, as good as a week, it was on the right side. I, well, that's true. <laughs> As long as you're one second ahead, it's better. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we just actually just touching the cars you prepped on again too. Declan Boyle too. Uh, Declan Brown right. and the the S12P as well. There's another very right. thing you had with them. That's right. That was an next Tim McNulty car. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of very good seasons with with, with Declan. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not so much luck with the Fiesta. Uh, but the Subaru now, it was uh, there, there again, a tough, tough year. I, I don't remember, it was 14 or 15, maybe 15. Oh, uh, uh-huh. I'd done the tournament championship and the national championship and all that. Yeah, that's a big ask. That's a big ask for, you know, 
even if you've got two cars, it's a big ass. But to do it in one car, and there was one bit of a hiccup in the middle of it somewhere. I think he, had, he went off the road in Killarney, and the car wasn't ready then for the next for the next national event. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure what way that worked out, but anyway, it all worked out in the end, and we had uh, we we sewed up the national. It went to the wire up in in the, the harvest. Mm-hmm. The, the tarmac, the tarmac, but one in Donegal was the big. Yeah, that was the, that was the icing and the cake as far as Declan was concerned, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that that's the big big thing for for the local men, the Donegal men, and and mm-hmm. it's a big achievement now for the Donegal boys. And mm-hmm. I I didn't realise how big a uh, thing it was for the Donegal for the local lads, you know, oh, yeah. until that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, years ago, we quit. You know, as soon as the rallies over, get it on the trailer, get it <laughs> up the road, get out of town. That, and um, Donegal that year was much the same, and um, you mm-hmm. know it was just another, it was just another rally, Kevin. To be perfectly honest with you, and we were very lucky we won the rally. Um, few wee hiccups along the way too, things just uh, mm-hmm. starter motors working and stuff like that. But you no, know, a couple of a couple of very good seats there, and tough, very good driver, very good co-driver. Um, mm-hmm. Just thing, done the thing properly, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, good. Good success with that. As I say, maybe just not as much with the Fiesta, but that's yeah, mm. that's, that's yeah. the way it goes. And like, do you think that the S12B was probably will be still, you know, in years to come, be looked back as the ultimate car for Irish tarmac? It, it probably was, Kevin. The the, the advantage that well, comparing that with the newer cars, the new 1.6 cars, the uh-huh. 1.6 cars now, you need a lot more commitment. They go around corners a lot quicker mm-hmm. and they stop a lot quicker. Yes. The two liter, the big the big Subaru would have a lot more torque up the up the mountains and things like that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't just be as nimble. Um, maybe just doesn't need as much uh, commitment. But um, you know, it's all it's all it's all progression. It's all evolution and mm-hmm. it's, it's all progress, you know, development. Yeah. But, you know, when you think like the the twelve B was like one and it came out in oh eight oh seven oh eight, and it was still one and linked to Donegal up until two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Years later, like that's uh, that's so much right, yeah. with all that technology coming on stream and all. Oh, there's no no doubt about it. A fantastic car, and and they done they they were relatively easy to run, but uh, you know they were oh seven oh eight now sure how long was that 12 it's all it's all it's all progress i mean every year and every couple of years you know with tires and fuel and suspension and stuff you know, it's, it's just amazing the way mm-hmm. it's the grip levels now is just something else yeah yeah it really is uh, you know in, uh, over the last couple of years then you've been on uh nine mccullough and the, Niall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Niall, um, in fact, I sold Niall that car. I had it, I was using it for, for hire, so we mm-hmm. owned nine, and sold it to Niall. <coughs> I, was actually, I was actually hoping to sell it to somebody way, way at the other end of the country to get rid of it, to get <laughs> it. it was just too much, too much work on. And then he arrived one day and said, oh, I buy that off, please, so I uh, now there's a couple of years in that and some great results and actually he won he won a, one of the gravel rallies. He did, he won five miles out as well and he won and one of the forestry championships as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. yeah. So a uh, couple of very good years for him in that 
and mm -hmm. uh, um, and then we had another wee fiesta here, Marty McKenna again oh, yeah. across the road. Uh -huh. um, no, no, um, done a few rounds of the championship and stuff like that, and uh, but then just the way the thing has ended up now, yeah, it's a mess. But I always had very good customers, and uh, I don't think I don't think uh, I've ever fallen out with any of them. Uh, you know, I, I've never yeah. went anywhere that didn't go back, and I still mm -hmm. speak to them all. They yeah. all still they speak to me. Good. So yeah. in a very busy few years from the from the nineties from to now, really. And uh -huh. to be honest, at the minute. I'm enjoying the break from it. Um, <laughs> you know, every weekend you're away somewhere, all week you're prepping the cars. It's just right. And as I say, you never know until the Sunday night what you're bringing up the road in the trailer, and you don't know what sort of week you're going to have. Uh -huh. But as I say, I, I'm not missing it at the minute. Um, I just can't afford to retire yet. But, uh, <laughs> I, won't ever, I won't ever be as busy as we used to be back in them days. Now, just you're just not fit to do it anymore, no. you know. Uh -huh. Anybody who thinks they're at my age, they, they need their head looked at. to get that involved again. But I'm sure, I'm sure I'll still be in an odd car park or an odd. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was it 2019 then? You took on a, a completely different challenge. Uh, you decided to climb uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Exactly. 2019 January. I uh, I don't know as my wisdom or uh, <laughs> what uh, I decided to go and do uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. It was it was all in aid of the IRFU Charitable Trust. Yes. Um, it's a great charity that, that helps. It's a, a rugby charity, obviously, and it helps. Um, and good players. Mm -hmm. uh, at, uh, at the moment in Ireland, there's almost 40 poor souls in, in wheelchairs and okay. have bad injuries. So that was uh, that was the, 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 the cause behind it. Um, it was a fantastic experience. It was fantastic. It probably trained for about six months. Not not serious training now, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just at the gym work and a lot of walking and up over the mountains and stuff. But anyway, we went there and the whole trip took 10 days. We were on the mountain for seven days. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's, 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 uh, the altitude is the problem there. Okay. It's not, there's no mountaineering as such. There's a wee bit of climbing to be done and parts of it, but mm -hmm. the most of it's all hiking. But the, the altitude cabin is just, Unless you have been there, you just can't. It's hard to describe. You just you can you can breathe all you want, but there's nothing there. You know, it's just there's no, like air, man. <laughs> there's no oxygen in the air. And uh, as I say, you don't have to be an athlete to do it. I mean, I'd be a long way from an athlete. You need a reasonable level of fitness. Uh -huh. um, the the altitude is the killer. Now there's been the, the, there's been. Uh, Olympic athletes have failed to do it because of the lack of oxygen. Uh -huh. But we all got up as a group, there's 32 of us, we all got up and raised a lot of money for the for the charity. Uh, a lot of you've done it with were ex-Ireland rugby players now too. So. There was there were four ex-professional players, Stephen Ferris from Ulster, Shane Byrne from Leinster, Mike McCarthy who had played for Leinster and, and Connacht, and uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Sheer, uh, 
your comfort zone as they talk about you know so as much as I did recording it, if you could please like and share across all social media platforms. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, can you please rate the podcast? It would be gratefully appreciated. Until the next time, take care. Speak soon. Bye-bye.